Hello and welcome everyone to episode 84. Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. All right, friends, today I'm talking with Haley Pfizer. She's been in marketing and advertising for almost 10 years and recently started offering coaching and consulting services and courses to help service-based business owners. Before becoming a coach, she also had her own photography business that she transitioned into a passive income stock photo shop. One of the reasons I asked Haley onto the show is because she's been killing it on her Instagram account, and I love the mix she's been doing of informative posts, stop you in your track posts, and she's going to break down how to know the time you're investing in a social media platform is effective and what you can do to make it more efficient and work for your business. Can't wait for you here. Let's dive into the interview. All right, Haley, welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show. Yay, thanks for having me. So I am super excited for you to dish today because I have been watching you on Instagram for, I don't know, like three months, six months, who can tell at this point? (laughs) But you've been teaching on so many great topics and I find myself like flipping through stories and then, you know, stopping and just nodding my head and like, oh, wait, nobody can see I'm nodding my head here. Okay, we need to have her on the podcast because people need to hear what you've been talking about. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I kind of get a little passionate and feisty some days (laughs) when I teach about this stuff, but it definitely like doing education and teaching people like what real marketing is all about and how to know if what you're doing, especially on social media is working because there's so much crap out there. I get very passionate about it. So I'm glad to know that there's people on the other side of the screen nodding their head (laughs) and agreeing with me. Yeah, I know. It's funny because social media has this power to reach so many people. You don't quite know until you've been really educated well on whether you're speaking out into a void or whether your stuff is actually resonating with people. And I think we're going to cover exactly how to know that in just a few minutes here. But why don't you tell us first a little bit how you got into what you're doing right now and, and what your background is as leading up to this? Yeah. Okay. So I'm definitely one of those people where I did a lot of pivots to get to this point. I feel like nobody's business is just a clear path to get them where they want to be. So I have been working in marketing. I actually have a full-time job right now and I've been doing that for 10 years. I work as a marketing director at a property management company And then I've worked at like hospitals. I mean, I've even worked for our state lottery (laughs) and like an advertising agency and a Fortune 500 company. So like I've tried marketing for a lot of different types of businesses and products and services. And I really love marketing and just getting out in front of people and building a message that gives people nodding their head on the other side of the phone, you know? (laughs) So I took me a bit to kind of get comfortable with offering that as a service. So my other passion, which is photography as a business for a while, where I did that along with my full-time job and I got pregnant with my son. Absolutely was super excited, but realized I was going to be giving up my time with him and my husband to be able to do the photography stuff and the full-time job and my, like, it just seemed way too overwhelming. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So I decided, you know what, I'm going to do stock photo site instead because I can switch this and get out of going to like photo shoots and scheduling things and parks and people's houses and just do it at home during bedtime and still do photography. Well, my target market was business owners, female business owners in particular. And so I was like, oh, well, I'll just use what I know from marketing and I'll start doing like educational posts on marketing specifically related to using stock photography and writing email stuff and getting around that. And then people started asking me more questions about what I was teaching about and like help about writing their emails and things like that. And they didn't care about my photography. (laughs) So I was like, oh, well, okay, I guess I'll just do this instead. So I kept going with the education thing and learn more about coaching and mentoring. There's a lot of different names for that segment. (laughs) Oh, yes. And I mean, there are sort of definitions on it, but they're blurry lines at best. Very, very blurry. Yeah. So I just kind of got into that space and realized like, this is what I'm probably the most passionate about is creating messaging and doing things where you can actually measure your success. Because I feel like, especially in social media and the online world, we have the opportunity to get access to metrics, but most of the time we don't know what to do with them unless you have a marketing background. So the last like six weeks, I decided to start doing more education on finding out if your marketing is good and what works and what doesn't and how to measure success online. And that's kind of where like these types of topics about click-through rates and conversion rates came up. So obviously, click-through rates and conversion rates sound rather technical. And until you've dived into this world, you might not know what your CTR, your click-through rate is and how that matters to anything that you're doing. So why don't you, from a marketing perspective, give us a quick primer on why it matters and what we should be looking for? Yeah. So click-through rate and conversion rate, honestly, from like a math standpoint, it's basically the same calculation. You're just calculating at different parts of your sales funnel. But what you're doing is you're measuring out of the people who actually saw what I put out, how many of them took an action. Like when I was doing my education series on Instagram, talking about posts, how many people actually saw your post? And then how many of them left what they were doing because they saw your post and were so interested and then went to your profile because you are now interrupting them with your post and it's so good. They need more. And so they're going to your profile. They're clicking potentially on your website or they're going through your other stories and they're getting to know you better. But like that would be a click through rate example. You can talk about click through rate for emails. You can talk about click through rates for websites, conversion rates. It relates to everything that you do, but it's the whole idea of like, how many eyeballs did you get in front of and how many people actually took action? Because that's how you know you're getting in front of the right eyeballs to begin with. Okay. So one of the things you said in your education series that really caught my eye was, first of all, how to calculate that rate, you know, profile visits and reach, you know, dividing the one over the other, and that you're looking for a certain amount. So on a given Instagram post, what would one hope for? And what is maybe something that you want to work on a little bit? Yeah. So with click-through rate, the example I used with Instagram was when you run a cold ad, you're looking for about a 1% click-through rate. So 1% of the people who see a Facebook or an Instagram ad 
you want actually clicking on the link that you provide. So because your followers on Instagram should be a warmer audience, I always shoot for at least two to three, but I have posts that have 10, 15, even 20% click-through rate. And that's just because it was such a good post and resonated so well. And my call to action really hit with the message I was providing and people were clicking through. Okay. So for cold audience, we're looking for 1%-ish. And then for a warmer audience, like two or three is kind of like what you want to see minimally. And then obviously, when you have a post that's hitting that 10% or more, you're like, woohoo, we are doing great. Yeah, exactly. And that the one thing that that tells me is not only is your post speaking directly to your ideal client at that point, your call to action at the end of your post is good enough that they're like, I need to learn more about this. So they're going to leave where they're at and they're going to go to your profile. So if I had, I'm actually going to redo the numbers of insights from my most recent Instagram feed post. Ooh, this is exciting. I know. And I'm totally doing this on the fly, so it better be good. (laughs) I had a reach of 328 and then eight profile visits. Looks like 2.4% or so. It's on the lower side, but it's pretty good. Yeah. So what that tells me is potentially like your hook wasn't great. And then it might even be just like your call to action. Like sometimes I'll have a really good post and I'll get a lot of engagement on it. But it was more of like a feel good post where I was just kind of, oh, it was more of like a, a, sh- a scroll and share kind of thing where, you know, the each post has a different purpose. So as long as your click through rates about 2% and your purpose wasn't trying to get people to click the link in your bio you're still doing good. Cool. So when we're looking at the performance of the social media we are participating in, I've seen so many different experts on both Facebook and Instagram say, no, this is the way you're supposed to do it. No, this is the way you're supposed to do it. One, how do we know who to actually listen to? And two, when we're investing all of this time in social media, how do we know that it's an effective use of time? Oh, good questions. So I mean, when it comes to who you should listen to, the one thing I always do and okay, so if you're into the Enneagram thing, I'm a type four. So I'm definitely like kind of rebellious. I'm always questioning things. I'm always trying to be like my own person and like super special. So when somebody says something where they're like, this is what's going to get you a million dollars, I want to be like, but how? And then I'm going to try and bust what they just said. So going into that mindset where like if somebody says this is what you need to do to build a successful business or to get these certain things, just take the time to ask, but how? How does that work? What does that do? Where does that fit in my business? Because a lot of times what they're saying is potentially, yeah, a part of what you should be doing. But it isn't the whole picture. So like I always use the example of viral posts. Like if you try to make every single post you put out there viral, what you're doing is you're building awareness because you're looking to bring more people into your audience. But you're not building interest because the posts that build interest and build a relationship potentially aren't going to go viral. But those are the ones that are going to get you sales. So you've got to have a good balance between certain things and what you want them to do and what you want them to produce. So always ask why and like, how is that going to actually get me there? Because it might be part of the puzzle, but it's normally not the whole puzzle piece. 
Okay, so if I'm hearing you correctly and paraphrasing here, we want some viral posts, you know, ones that are going to get a ton of engagement. And then we also want posts that really hook in a specific kind of person. I would call those people your best kind of clients and build interest, but those might not have a ton of engagement because they're speaking in a finger pointy specific way to a smaller segment of people. Exactly. Yep. So a lot of times, like if you're focusing on viral posts, you're putting a lot of content out that, yeah, you're going to get engagement, you're going to get shares, you're going to get a lot of the what I consider to be vanity metrics, which are the metrics that some people tell you to get, which are the shares, the saves, those types of things like, yeah, you will get a lot of those. But you're not going to have enough substance for people to say, this person's an expert, and I need to work with them. So they're not going to hire you when you put a pitch out. They're just going to be like, oh, that's weird and wait for your next quote or your next you know, graphic. So viral posts are a part of what you should be doing, but that's just to build awareness. That's not to make a sale. So when you're talking about posts that are going to make a sale, obviously those are going to have a much higher return on investment of time, given that that's actually going to you know, put dollars in your pocket. <laughs> Yeah. So the ones that are going to get you sales are going to be more pitch related. They're going to be, like you had said, they're going to be really pointing the finger at that ideal client for that product. So the hook, if you're, especially if we're talking about Instagram, I mean, even like with an email campaign, that would be your subject line where that first bit that they're going to read is going to help determine if that is targeted to them or not. And when you're trying to sell something, you want that to really catch that person's attention and have them nodding yes and wanting to read more. So you're already going to kind of like eliminate a large amount of your audience. So, you know, they're probably not going to share it, because you're potentially calling out a pain point or something that they're uncomfortable with. Like they might not even comment on it. So those posts might not look as good on the outside. But when you go through and you look and see like which posts probably get you the most website clicks and stuff like that, those ones are going to be it. Perfect. Okay, so switching gears just a little bit, what is the biggest piece of marketing advice you see commonly touted that really pisses you off? Oh, man, there's so many. I really think, honestly, hashtags, they oh, they really bother me. They've bothered me for a while. And I feel like it's because they're not a genuine way to make a connection with people. And in this day and age, people like to buy from people they know, like, and trust. And <laughs> call them back to the podcast name. <laughs> So if you are focusing on finding the right hashtags, you're potentially not focusing on building your know, like, and trust factor. And you could be wasting time looking for these niche hashtags with 50,000 or fewer uses or, you know, those types of things and making these libraries and trying to find the right ones that match with the posts that you're putting up. But instead, you should just be focusing more of your time on writing content that people really care about. And when it comes to hashtags too, I mean, and it's ironic because I started talking about how much I hate hashtags and then Instagram changes their algorithms and they basically make hashtags like partially useless <laughs> in some cases. So like even Instagram is trying to make it so their platform is a more user-friendly platform and they know hashtags aren't the way that people really make connections. That's just how you get in front of more eyeballs. So what would you say to somebody 
playing devil's advocate here. What would you say to somebody who says, okay, hashtags get you in front of more eyeballs and maybe half as many of those new eyeballs are actually going to build genuine connections with you as other methods of gaining awareness, but it's still some awareness and therefore you have to do it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't say you have to do it. There are posts that like I still use hashtags on just because I'm building awareness where it's a more I'm going for a virality thing. So I'll put hashtags with it because it matches with what my goal is for that post. I mean, when it comes down to it, if you're spending like an hour or two a day focusing on hashtags, why don't you or a week even like you could spend that time on your Instagram stories and building a connection and having people actually get to see you, hear you, understand you and trust you. So for me, I would rather spend my time doing the things that will convert people and get them so excited about what I have to say that they'll bring their friends versus me just trying to reach anybody that uses a hashtag. The one thing too with hashtags is a lot of people use hashtags to find their ideal clients. So if you are using hashtags, you're potentially getting poached by someone else. So they might not even be your ideal clients that are seeing you. They're the people that want your money. So keep that in mind too when you're using hashtags. Yeah. So you might be a victim of more of the cold DM sales pitches when you're using hashtags just because that's how people are finding you. Exactly. Or even bots. Like I noticed when I stopped using as many hashtags, the number of bots I have on my polls greatly diminished. But I think it's because it's harder for them to find me. Oh, that's a really good point, actually. And everyone's so annoyed about the bot. So that's a great solution for that. Yeah. I mean, they're still around, but not in as massive numbers as they used to be. And since Instagram won't take care of that for us, this could be a solution. Mm -hmm. All right. Any other vanity metrics that really just irk you? I'm also not a huge fan of saves, but it's probably just because the way I use the platform, I rarely go back to posts I save. I don't know why. Like, I'm that kind of person where I screenshot stuff. I'm like, this is super helpful. And I'll screenshot it and never go back to it. I do the same thing when I save a post. So to me, sometimes I don't really count saves as being something that's really helping me out because the odds of people going back and like looking for that post, unless it was really good, is kind of low. Well, and I don't know about you. For me, I have a separate personal Instagram account and I do use saves in my personal one. If I see like a recipe I want to try, I'll save it. And then, you know, that odd day a month later when I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to make for dinner tonight, I'll go and hunt through those. But for business, I don't do that kind of stuff as much because realistically, if a post says, Brittany, you need to pay attention to this like right now, I'm probably going to act on it immediately or I'm going to email myself about it so that it actually does manage to make it onto my to-do list. But you're right. I'm probably not going to go back to a save for that. Yeah. And I think that's one thing a lot of people, they don't do a lot of, especially when they're using social media platforms, is being hyper aware of how they're using the platform. So one thing I've noticed personally for myself, too, is when somebody shares a quote and they just put a quote post on their stories, I almost never click through to that person. The only time I do is if somebody says this post is so good or this person knows so much or you like you need to click like there's like somebody is standing up for the person that made that post and is getting you excited to even want to click through it. So that's another reason why I like to focus more on posts that really hit a connection and really build that trust factor and shows my expertise over making it go viral. Because when it does get shared, those shares matter because people are saying you need to go see like stop what you're doing and go look at this now. And they're vouching for me in their stories. 
Love it. So one thing I've noticed about things that you're posting, and this might be like a fluke that I've seen just once or twice, or it could be something that you actually do as a strategy. I see you posting in stories about something. And then when you get a great response in stories, it seems to make it to a feed post coming up shortly after that. Is that something that you're doing on purpose? You're using stories to gauge interest? You, oh my gosh, I feel so seen right now. (laughs) You've seen right through my strategy. Yeah, for me, stories are way easier to like put something out there. And a lot of times my most engaged followers really pay attention to my stories and reply and comment and get back to me. So I test things out on stories versus spending like 15 minutes trying to write a post. Like, okay, I'll spend five minutes trying to put up a story. And then if it gets a lot of attention, I can save it in a bubble or, you know, there's other uses for stories too. So yeah, I tend to use that. And then if it goes really well, there's a post. And then the other thing too, is those posts tend to get saved more. Those posts tend to get shared more. I know they're going to work. Like I'm not wasting my time on like five posts a week. I'll do stories every day keep my story bubble, keep showing up at the top for everybody who does follow me and want more. And then when I put a post out there, I know it's going to hit a home run. Okay. Any closing thoughts for us? I think the big thing is, you know, a lot of people focus on the number of followers and the, the number of likes. I know it's super cliche to say this, but you really have to focus on the people who care. Like you want to build a following of people who enjoy what you're putting out, like that's the type of community you want to be in anyway. So instead of focusing on hitting 5, 10, 15,000 people, focus on getting a few hundred people who really, really love your message so much that you're excited to post for them. And then they'll start bringing their friends. Like that's the big thing with social media is it is a social platform. So if you are building connections and people really do love what you're doing, they're going to bring more people to you. Absolutely. And the people that they bring along with you, there's so much social capital that you can use there and just kind of you know, springboard upon. It makes your job a lot easier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much, Haley. And if someone loves what they're hearing, as they should today, where can we find you? My favorite place to hang out is Instagram. If you can't tell by what I talked about like this entire episode. And my feed is the Haley Pfizer. So T-H-E-H-A-Y-L-E-Y-F-I-S-E-R. And you're going to want to type Fisher. That's what your fingers are going to do. There's no H in my last name. <laughs> oh, yes. You uh, you feel my spelling name pain, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how many times. Like, I get things for, like, Hartley Fizzer. And oh, it's insane. Just, like, the way people say my name. <laughs> me laugh now. Yeah, I even find myself occasionally I type in Brintney instead of Britney. It's my own name. <laughs> you think I would know how to type my own name, yeah. but I digress. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thanks again, Haley. I really appreciate your time on us and, and just teaching us how we can use marketing metrics in our favor. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, friends, thank you so much for hanging out with Haley and I today. I love the no-nonsense approach she has. Please go check out her accounts on social media and her website. Talk to you next week.